You are listening to Graceway's weekly message podcast. We hope that this message encourages you to know and enjoy God, find friends, discover your purpose, and make a difference in your community. Enjoy the message. What's up, Graceway? We are so glad you're here once again. I am Pastor Brandon Estelle. This is Adam Castro, affectionately known as Bradham. Okay, you're gonna see it in the corner, and I'm gonna call it every single time because Bradham's got your back. I want you to think about that. We are so happy that you came to the Super Bowl of preaching, whether you're in person or you're joining us online. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're gonna get into the rules. We're gonna start with Adam toss it to us. Yeah, so this format is pretty simple. Each player will get seven minutes to preach, and they must include in their message at least one Bible reference Mm. and a random phrase to be assigned at the beginning of the game. Agreed. Okay, each touchdown is worth six points, and a touchdown is a successfully completed, compelling message, okay? So none of that boring stuff. Six points is a good message, okay? Um, if you use the randomly assigned phrase, you get three extra points, okay? And then one extra point if you hit the Bible trivia question. Now, there's a lot of opportunities to score, but you can also get penalized. So each penalty will cost their team three points. You can get penalized for taunting, which I expect to see today. I do expect that. Or if you go over time. And if we know Pastor Adams and Pastor Dunn, mm. that's some dangerous territory. That's a good point. Okay, I wanna I wanna talk about predictions, okay? And and Adam, I want you to go first. Who do you see winning and what do you think the score is gonna be? It's a great question. I really think this game is gonna be close. I think we're gonna see some scoring, but I also anticipate some penalties. So mm. I am going with a 17-14 win. Wow. Team Dunn wow. taking the Super Bowl of Preaching trophy home. Wow. Okay. Do you mind if I share? I think you should. I should have asked you. I woke up at 4 a.m. this morning. I took the bus here. It smells like prophecy. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got rerouted, ended up downtown, but I got a taxi to come here and let you know that Pastor Jeff Adams is going to win 20 to nothing. I don't care what anybody says. He's going to win. He has everything. 52 years of preaching experience. Holla if you hear me, okay? In the back, in the balcony, Jeff Adams, 20 nothing. That's my prediction. I I do think we should note uh, Pastor Jeff Adams also has Pastor Todd Gentiman on his team as well. Will he be contributing to that that score? Sure, sure. But the point is Jeff Adams, 20-0. Let's meet today's referee. He's known as Isaiah, the digital wizard, Moreno. All right, everybody stand up on your feet and welcome the undefeated champions, Team Adams. Come on, give it up for them. Todd Gentiman, undergrad, Southern Illinois University, master's degree, School of Hard Knocks. Jeff Adams, Wichita State, BJU, Liberty, Instituto del Idioma Español, Luther Rice, Maryland, D.C., University of Liverpool, Trinity. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for our student and lead pastor, Team Dunn. Brandon Smith, youth pastor, Mid-American Nazarene University, CDL driver. Tim Dunn, 
the lead pastor, Dover Avenue Elementary. All right, you guys can go ahead and sit down. Uh, I'm going to need one person from each team. We're going to do a coin toss. All right. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Look, it's, it's not too early, all right? Chill, chill. All yeah. right. <clears throat> Pastor Brandon Smith, I'm yeah. going to have you call it in the air. It's, yeah. it's huge. Okay, here we go. Heads. Tails. Are you going to take it or defer? We're going to defer. Defer. We're going to receive. Receive. All right. <laughs> Step up to home plate. All right. Yeah! Oh, you got a whole section! Wow! All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So you're gonna have seven minutes on the clock. Seven minutes. Seven minutes. You got this? All right. You have to have a clean, good message, one Bible verse, and then also a phrase that I'm about to give you. All right? And you have to incorporate into your message flawlessly. 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 If I go under time, can I give it to Pastor Tim? No! 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 You give him a few minutes, he'll take an hour. All right. You know this. All right. So your special phrase is, know your role and shut your mouth. Know your role and shut right. your mouth. All right. Time starts. Okay. Wow. My time's already started. What? No. They already, okay. Uh-uh. Uh, no. It's, okay. Simmer down. All right. It's going to start when I blow this whistle. All right? You ready? Here we go. Wow, what a day we get to come together on the big day of the year, and we get to have fun and, and, and get to talk and have a good time. You know, as you can tell, us pastors, we like to have a good time, and we like to have fun um, as well. But when it comes down to the Lord, we are so serious, right? So um, it's amazing that we get to do something like this, and you guys are here with us. But uh, I don't think any of these other guys are going to pray, so I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then we're going to jump into it. So <laughs> let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for our that we get to come together and, and have a service like this. God, we pray that in everything that we do today, you are glorified and you are honored in the name of Jesus. We pray. All God's people said? Amen and amen and amen. All right, so um, we thought it would be good if we come together and we talk about um, how we can live the victorious life. But in order to experience the victorious life, we have to live the faithful life as well. And, and we believe that the Apostle Paul actually um, gives some, uh, some instruction on this and coaches us up on how we can experience living the faithful life as well. And, and in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he actually gives gives us a few different characteristics and a few different descriptions of people that live faithful lives or being faithful stewards or servants as well. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, I'm going to read it for your hearing, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, it says this. Paul says this to Timothy, share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So like living as a soldier, is not a simple task. And that's what I get the task of sharing with you guys real quick is, is living as a soldier. It's not a simple task. And, and matter of fact, it's, it's pretty difficult to live as a soldier. As many of you know that have served in the military, God bless you. We appreciate your service. And can we give a hand for those that have served or are currently serving in the military? 
You know, those that have served or soldiers, we know that, that there's going to be some times that you go through some tough, tough things and you go through some hard things in life as well. And, and if we want to experience a victorious living or the faithful life as soldiers, I believe that there's a couple things that we can pull from this passage that we just read. And the first thing is this, soldiers prepare for battle now, not when it shows up at their doorstep. Soldiers prepare for the battle now, not when it shows up at their doorstep. And, and the U.S. has arguably the best military in the whole world, amen? And even in that, like, they don't just go to war the day that they enlist into the army or into the military, Navy, whatever branch it is, they have to prepare. They have to go through a process of, of training and experience and some things, and they have to learn, and they have to go through some tough times, and sometimes that means experiencing some some, some mental breakdowns and experiences, some physical breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, and everything like that as well. But yet, no soldier goes into the battle without the training that is necessary for the war itself. And I think that that's the same thing for us as well. If we want to experience victorious living, and if we want to experience the faithful living as well, then we have to prepare now for the battle that's going to come to our doorsteps later as well. And, and here's the thing about it. Like, I'm not saying that we won't get caught off guard because there's some times in life where we do get caught off guard um, as well. But what I am saying is that when you prepare now, you're preparing for the win later um, as well. And even in that, friends, we have to be cognitive and be, uh, have it in our mindset that, you know what, what we are going through right now, what we are experiencing right now is going to allow us to experience the victory later in life as well. So I believe that when we prepare now for the battle, it sets us up for a win later. Um, as well. And the second thing that I believe that we can even learn from this passage is literally soldiers don't get tied up in civilian affairs, right? So, uh, soldiers do not get tied up in civilian affairs and, and so much so that I believe that the, that the, the trainers or the, the drill sergeants literally come in their face and they tell them to know your role and shut your mouth, you know? So I believe that that is the case as well. And yeah, yeah. I truly, I truly believe this. I truly believe that civilians are, are not engaged in the battle. You know, civilians, they step back and they do a thing called watch, right? They sit back and they spectate. But you know what soldiers do? They participate in the battle and they go on the front line of the battle and of the war as well. So if you want to be considered a soldier in the kingdom of God, guess what? You've enlisted for war and no longer can you just sit back and spectate any longer. You got to participate in the kingdom of God. And, and listen, I'm not trying to step on any toes today. I'm trying to encourage you that if you truly want to live the victorious life and experience a faithful life, you have to not only experience the, the, the participation of the kingdom of God, but you have to prepare now for the battle that's going to come up even later as well. So the way that you prepare now is very crucial for later. It is very vital for later. And if, if you don't realize that, my challenge for you guys is that you will go a little bit deeper and you would seek the Lord out 
as well because, listen, like, like the kingdom of heaven is, it, it, it literally is something that we are going after every day of our life, and we have to prepare for it right now because the battle is coming whether you like it or not, whether you're ready or not. I said it in the, in the interview as well. If you stay ready, then you don't have to get ready. So once you stay ready, go after the Lord with everything that you got and make sure that you realize that when you experience the Lord in such a powerful way, you share that with others as well. The soldier is going to share that with someone else, not just for their own gain, but for the gain and the benefit of the whole party as well. That's my time. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here as well. Touchdown! Touchdown! Hey, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry, you're going to have to deduct some points off of that. Know your role and shut your Whoa! Unbelievable. Hey! Unbelievable. <laughs> hey, no. What? Wait! Come here. Come here. So you can get some points back. Okay? I'm going to have to ask you a trivia question. Sorry, Pastor. Everyone gets one of these. Don't worry. Not special treatment. He didn't slip me a 20 before this. All right, you ready for this? Maybe. All right, so if you need, you can ask your teammate for help, okay? So the question is, what was the third plague God brought on Egypt? <laughs> uh. No, that's okay. Um. <clears throat> How much time do I got? Oh, I got 45 seconds. Um, third plague. You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I'm going to have to guess. Okay. Was it uh, the locust? The plague of locusts? No, it was not. Sorry, but he does not get the points. What a strong start by Team Dunn. Pastor Brandon Smith, I thought, did an incredible job. Very unfortunate, however, right at the end of his sermon with the taunting penalty, That's you right. got to be able to keep your head in a competition like You got to keep your head on a swivel. That's what I say. And, I, and I'll say this, too. I got high school kids they are going to go to Winterfest, and if they get hurt, thoughts and prayers insurance will be on their way. Now, let's go back to the field for the second quarter. All right, all right. Now I'm going to have our next player come up, Todd Gentleman. Oh, wow. You have a section. All right. Look, seven minutes on the clock. What? I was, gonna, I was just going to pray for you real quick. That's sweet. Okay. All right. Seven minutes on the clock. Right. Ready for your phrase. Oh, Lord. Yes. All right. Your phrase is anything. Is possible. Anything is possible. Anything. Pause. All right. Anything is possible. All right. It's gonna, time's gonna start once I blow this whistle. Ready? All right. How are we doing today, Graceway? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Excited to be in the house with you today, talking about how to live a victorious. Life. Somebody say victorious. victorious. Hey, man, okay. 
Well, uh, I don't know about you, but if uh, you read in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, this is what Paul is telling his protege, Timothy. He says, hey, in this life, if you want to be victorious, any athlete doesn't get crowned unless they compete according to the rules. Say rules. You see, rules are an interesting thing, aren't they? Uh, any parents in the building today? You sound tired. Amen. You sound tired. Uh-huh. If you're a parent, you know, one of the greatest things about being a parent is that uh, you get to play games with your kids. Playing games with your kids is amazing. One of the worst things about being a parent is playing a game with your kids that they made up. If they made up the game, it's like, I don't want to play right now, right? My kids made this game up called Octopus Adventure. The creativity is on 10, you know, in my household. And so in, in Octopus Adventure, I am the octopus. And the rules go like this. Dad, go lay down somewhere. Act like you're asleep. I really want to be asleep for real, though. <laughs> go act like you're asleep. They put something next to me that's my treasure. And I have to pretend to be asleep while they sneak upstairs and steal the treasure from me. Then the game goes, you get up angry and chase us around the house. <laughs> now, at first, that's all the rules we had. Now, as I start chasing them, the closer I get to them, they'll say, pause. You actually can't do that. And all of a sudden, the rules change. This is a terrible game. That actually you lost because you touched the coffee table and that's our base. So you lose now. You know, rules can be helpful, but not when they constantly switch up. When you think you're winning, and you actually end up losing because you knew the rules, but they changed. That's one of the beautiful things about a victorious life with God, is that we have the rules right here in our hand. And our God doesn't change yesterday, today, or forever. He's the same. And so we understand the way in which we are to play. You know, Jesus actually simplifies it even more. Because if you read this book and you start thinking, I got to keep the rules. You see, religious people love keeping rules. They especially love telling you to keep the rules. And so Jesus, if you look at the Old Testament, if you just look at the Old Testament of your life, keeping the rules is almost impossible. So we have Jesus step on the scene and he simplifies it. He says in Matthew chapter 22, some religious people come to Jesus and they say, hey, which is the most important rule, Jesus? They try to catch him in a slip-up. And he says, there's actually two most important rules. One, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says on these two rules, all the rules depend. All the other rules submit themselves to these two rules. And it makes you start thinking, okay, two rules? I got this. I can do this with two rules, but you start living a month, a week, some of y'all an hour, and loving God, you're like, maybe, hey, I'm, I love God in theory, but you bring some people around me, it gets real difficult to follow the rules, doesn't it? So I start thinking to myself, this rule following is for the birds. If only an athlete that follows the rules get crowned, then who's going to get a crown in the end? Not me. 
How do I live a victorious life if I got to follow the rules to be victorious? Well, I don't know about you, but I know somebody who followed all the rules. I know somebody better than me because, listen, I'm just a man, but I know somebody who's the God man. You see, Jesus steps on the scene, and we see that even though he knew no sin, God made him to be sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. You see, when we take all of our rule-breaking and we give our rule-breaking to Jesus in faith, he applies his perfect record to our raggedy record. We, we, we're in last place, and he brings us to first place. Amen? We have no playoffs in our future, but he secures us a victory in Jesus. Amen? Because with Jesus, anything is possible. That's what I'm talking about. So if today, if today, if today, you'll get your time, amen? I got the mic now, praise God. If today you feel weighed down by keeping the rules, you need to look to Jesus. If today you feel like you just can't keep up, you need to look to Jesus. If you feel like the record of your life is zero to 100, you need to look to Jesus. Because with him, anything is possible. Amen. Praise God. That's my time. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Touchdown. Touchdown. It's all good. All right. Hey, it's all No, 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 no. Humility. He's being humble. He's being Humility. Humble. I'll let it pass. Okay, you're doing too much. Never. All right, hey, our cameras aren't that good. Let's scoot up a little. All right. I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Oh, you Lord. can use your teammate if okay, you Okay, I'm going to go to this side, though, okay? Well, I mean, Jeff knows everything. Yeah, I know. So That's what I'm saying. Just... Oh, yeah. All right. So your trivia question is, what does Israel... What does... I don't know. I don't know. Wait, sorry. I'm illiterate. Okay, what let's go. What does Israel's name mean? What does Israel's name mean? Yes. Okay. I'll be right here. Yeah, brunch with God. Brunch with God. Okay. Okay. I I literally put zero thought into it because my guy. Oh yeah. Back here. No, standing right next to him. <laughs> it's a lot, isn't it? it says uh, so. Friends with God. Prevails with God. I'll yeah, that's take right. it. That's I'll said. take it. I'll take it. Or wrestles with God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Boys, I'm going to have you. Huh? Did you say friends? Friends. Prevails. 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 Friends. No? Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. We'll do this. If you think he's right, make some noise. Okay, if you think he's wrong, make some noise. The call stands. Go ahead and hit the lockers. Get going. How you doing? Look at, look at. Keep going, keep going. It's Jeff Adams. All right, all right. All right, same rules apply. You got seven minutes. I know you're special, but seven minutes. I'm gonna give you a special phrase, okay? okay. 
right. And that special phrase is, Brandon, it's Jeff Adams. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. I know. <laughs> Your special phrase is, it's just like getting yelled at when you walk into Gates Barbecue. <laughs> All right. Your time starts when I blow this whistle. You ready? All right, my job this morning is to change your life by teaching you how to think like a farmer. Think like a farmer. Isn't that weird? Okay? And, and when Paul wrote this word farmer here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he used the Greek word gergos. And. What? Oye, primo, ¿qué te pasa? Prefieres español? Or a Dutch? In a way that's sort of like taunting, but you know. Okay, look. Hey, I love them, but like, I can't. Whatever, whatever. Keep going, keep going. All right. We're talking about thinking like a farmer, and I got to confess to you, I've never been a farmer, will never be a farmer. Thank God I don't have to be a farmer. I just have to learn how to think like a farmer, and I can teach you today how to think like a farmer. This was the play that was given to me here in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Even though it wasn't in my playbook, I figure if Patrick Mahomes can make those sidearm passes on one leg looking in the other direction, then I can adjust and, and score somehow. We're going to do it all right because I'm going to teach you how to think like a farmer. we got to keep it simple, okay? So there's two words involved to think like a farmer, just two. And those two words are work and wait. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Work and wait. All right, say it with me. Work and wait. All right, you got it. See, you're halfway there already. Paul said here in 2 Timothy 2.6, he said, if the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crop. And can I tell you, there ain't nobody in this world that works harder than a farmer, right? I mean, just think about it. Now, that's not from personal experience, obviously, okay? I mean, I'm an urban guy. When I try to venture out into the suburbs, I can have panic attacks. I can get lost, okay? Don't know anything about being a farmer, but I can learn how to think like one, and I can do that by paying attention to work and wait. Now, think about farmers, how hard they work, man. They got to prepare, know the soil, know the climate, know the history, what works, what doesn't work, what seed to use, and, and when to plant. It. They got to go out and plow the ground. They got to plant. They got to irrigate. They got to fertilize. They got to remove weeds. They, they, they've got to run off all these creatures like insects and birds and, and, and disease and, and those drunken teenagers that run their dune buggies through the fields, right? I mean, they got to do all this crazy stuff. And to do that, they get up almost every morning well before dawn. I can't even imagine that. Nobody works harder than a farmer. And I know what some of you are thinking. I mean, just get it out, the elephant in the room. They let the old guy out. He's going to take us back to legalism. He's going to take us back to works. Oh, my God, we're going back to Egypt. Stop, stop. That's not it at all, all right? We're not talking about works. We're not talking about legalism. We're just talking about if you want to eat, you got to work, okay? I mean, that's, that's what's going on here. Y'all read your Bible. You remember Genesis chapter 3? You remember that conversation between God and Adam right after sin when God said, hey, dude, listen, the ground is cursed because of you. And he talked about thorns and thistles. And he said, if you want to eat, you're going to have sweat on your brow, right? Now, listen, I know we all agree. Jesus came and he took away sin and shame, right? We all agree on that. I got a question for you. Did he take away farmers? 
How many farmers we got here today? Loud and proud. Come on, man. Let me hear you, all right? All right. I guess this is kind of a city church, but that's okay. <laughs> we, we could all sympathize, but, but that's the whole thing, man. It's not a matter of legalism or anything like that. It's just a matter of if you want to eat, there's some work involved, right? I mean, that's, that's what we're talking about here. In, in fact, even in the context of 2 Timothy chapter 2, Paul said in verse 1, and this covers all these things we're talking about this morning, he said that we are to be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He didn't talk about works, didn't talk about legalism. He's talking about God's grace. And Paul put it this way when he was, in, when he was writing to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, listen to this, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that was with me. So let me tell you something, the most important thing I'm going to say this morning, we don't work to get grace, we get grace to work. Let me say that again, we don't work to get grace, we get grace to work. Say it with me, we don't work to get grace, we get grace to work. You got it. That's what I'm talking about, okay? So that's the whole thing. You want to eat like a farmer, then you got to think like a farmer. I mean, all our lives, we've seen the menus, right? Farmer's breakfast, farmer's skillet, farm burger, farm plate, all that type of stuff. You want to eat like a farmer, there's some work involved. You want a, you want a healthy, victorious, faithful life, then you've got to have a little bit of work involved. Now, if you're one of those people that thinks that you're going to get something for nothing, might I suggest to you this morning a career in Bitcoin? Just a little pastoral advice on Super Bowl Sunday, all right? But if you want something that is real, you're going to have to learn how to work just a little bit. Now, I said that farmers have to use two words, right? Work, and what was the second one? Wait, you got it. You guys are good, man. And so farmers, if you're going to think like a farmer, you got to work and then you've got to wait because farmers understand that hard work alone does not produce food, all right? So they work hard and then they wait because farmers understand that only God controls the weather. Only God can make seed germinate. And that's why James said, James 5, 7, be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious food. Be patient about it. And so you don't see farmers out in the field screaming and shaming their crops and trying to load them down with a bunch of guilt. They just wait and let them grow. You don't see farmers out in the field. You don't see them out there trying to lay a bunch of blame on them and, and all that type of stuff because they're not growing fast enough. They just have to wait because that's what it's all about. And farmers understand that there's good seasons and there's bad seasons. And so in the bad seasons, they're, they're, they don't like them, but they know that good seasons are coming. And so they wait for it. And that's exactly what my great teammate, Pastor Todd, was talking about. You didn't use the special phrase, and you went over time. I'm sorry. Do you still have more? I don't know. I don't want to interrupt you. I mean, you're doing great. Huge fan. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, now you can get some points back by doing your trivia. Okay. 
I know you don't need him, but you can use him. Oh, I need him. I need him. Yeah. He's my teammate, man. Yeah, yeah, team. Man. Friendship. All right. He's my award-winning tight end. Yeah. <laughs> okay, ready for your trivia question. What day did God create man? What day did God create man? Yes, sir. Eight. 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 Does he get points Eight. off for that? <laughs> uh, it's fine. Yeah, let's, let's say four. Four. God created man on the sixth day. Incomplete. I am sorry. It was Jeff Adams, man. It was, it was right there. And he just I'm not cheating, Brandon. Okay. That was the best sermon, hands down, that I have ever heard and seen in my life. I cried all seven minutes of this thing. And let me tell you something else. The, the ref, Isaiah, the, the digital wizard, I think it... We're in good hands. Well, I don't think so. I think he, it was a bogus call. You, you, we didn't explain that in the rules. And, and, I, and I'm going to say this. Most of the times, I, I'm a Pentecostal. When I speak in tongues, I usually have an interpreter. But Jeff Adams doesn't need an interpreter. To you, Adam. I, uh, it's hard to disagree, you know. But at the same time, I think you've got to know your audience. That's Throwing fair. some Greek phrases in, I don't speak it. I'm sure someone out there does. Mm. But I think in, in a competition like this, when compelling is part of... Of the uh, of the event, mm. you've got to be able to connect in, in a language that everyone uh, everyone else understands. I will say this also: looking at Lions Den daycare, I have I'm the proud owner of several small children. Mm. I think this is a great chance for us to maybe potentially switch up, you know, uh, who we're using. I love it. That being said, I am very excited to introduce our last speaker. He has, uh, I think, a deficit to overcome. Let's see if he can do it. Please give it up for Pastor Tim Dunn. Tim Dunn, give it up! Come on! Yeah. What's up, man? What's up? Look, that 20 that you gave me earlier doesn't mean anything. Hey, okay. Sorry. Just keep it chill, bro. Right. Keep it chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You ready for your special phrase? I am. All right. You hear it? You heard it. I felt it. Is that God? I think so. He's in this place. <laughs> I need it. Wide shot, wide shot. Okay. Your special phrase is, you got to fight for your right to party. That's right. There you go. Time starts when I blow this whistle. You ready? Come on, Pastor. All right, all right. You having a good time? Hey, no smoke, no shade, mad respect for everyone on the stage. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. And do this for me. Show some love to the creative team off the charts, the stage, the videos. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are awesome. And listen, you are not going to see a better halftime show anywhere on the planet than you just saw. Absolutely incredible. PJ, I'm grateful to be number four to your number three. Uh, you got the rings, you're Tom Brady, but let's just call me Pat MVP. Come on, somebody. All right? 
Listen, uh, I want to just affirm all the, all the good word that you've heard this morning, uh, but I want to put some punctuation on this if I can, all right? Uh, he, here's what Paul says. He says, your faithfulness is tied to your endurance. Your faithfulness is tied to your endurance. I don't need you to say it like everybody else. I'll just say it for you again. Your faithfulness is tied to your endurance. The farmer who quits doesn't get the harvest. The soldier who stops fighting gets defeated. The athlete who pulls up short never gets a victory. If you're going to experience victory, you have to be faithful. You can't stop. You can't quit. You have to keep going no matter what you're facing. And so Paul says to Timothy after he's taught him about the athlete, the soldier, and the farmer, I endure everything. That's what he says. He says, I endure everything. You say, that's great, Paul. What have you had to endure? Listen to what he says that he had to endure in 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 23. He says, I have far greater labors, far more imprisonments, far more countless beatings, often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. One time I was stoned. Not that kind of stone, but you do have to fight for your right to party. Yeah. Back to the text, all right? Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift on frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, from robbers, from my own people, from the Gentiles, dangers in cities, dangers in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there was the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Paul says, I faced all that, but my faithfulness was tied to my endurance. Now, a lot of you, you say, yeah, this makes sense. My faith, my Christian walk feels like I'm always having to lean into the wind. Feels like I'm always having to grin and bear. It feels like I'm always having to cleanse, that God just wants me to be miserable until I get to heaven. That's just what being a Christian is like, right? That's what Paul's saying. No, that's not what Paul's saying. Paul says to Timothy this incredible phrase in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead. Now, why does Paul, of all the things that he could have said about Jesus, say to Timothy, I want you to remember that Jesus is risen from the dead. Why does he say that? Why does he talk about the victory that Jesus accomplishes over sin and death? Why does he say, hey, Tim, remember that the tomb is empty. Why? Because when you work, I want you to remember the resurrection. When you fight, when you're experiencing spiritual warfare, I want you to remember the resurrection. When you're in that dry season, I want you to remember the resurrection. While you're running and you're tired and your spiritual lungs feel like they're going to collapse, remember your faithfulness inside to your endurance, but it's not just endurance out of your strength, it's endurance from the strength, the victory, the accomplishment of the resurrection. Your faith is tied to the resurrection. The resurrection means fruit always comes in due season. The resurrection means that we have triumph over our enemy, that he's literally under our feet. That's what the Bible says. The resurrection means that we don't just have victory in the life that is to come, but that we have victory and freedom and accomplishment now in Jesus. Now why? Because we're smart, because we're strong, because we're the ones that pull it together, because of our fortitude. Listen to what Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Some translations say the author and the finisher 
of your faith. Listen, you want to be victorious, you have to be faithful. And some of you right now, you say, man, my marriage is falling apart. Man, my finances are wrecked. Man, my faith is hanging by a thread. My relationship to my kids feels broken. My mind feels like it's a wreck. I'm struggling with discouragement and depression. I don't know how to experience this victory that you're talking about. Here's how. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up regardless of what you're facing. Don't give up if you're in a dry season. Don't give up if it feels like hell itself is at your doors. Don't give up if you're in a valley and you can't see the finish line. Don't give up. Why? Because the tomb is empty. Because the tomb is empty. And because Jesus is alive and because his victory on the cross that we celebrate on Easter is your victory if you don't give up. Let's pray. God, we love you today. And God, we want to be faithful today. God, we want to be victorious today. But we acknowledge that our victory is not of our own making, that it is created and imparted to us through the person and work of Jesus. And so when people, God, are experiencing difficult things right now in our marriages, in our relationships, in our finances, in our hearts, in our minds, in our culture, Lord, we look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We look to you, God, and we call out for your victory, knowing that you require of us the faithfulness to endure, not in our own strength, but in the power of the resurrection. We love you today, God. We thank you, and we pray these things in the incredible name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Touchdown! I know. Now, Pastor Tim, I I know you, you probably don't need this by looking at the score. But, uh, so this is just to like, make it a blowout? You want to do it? Yes, I do want to do it. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. How many words are in the ESV translation? How many words total? Yes. In the entire Bible? The whole thing. The whole shebang. Okay, I thought you were going to ask me a hard one. This is good. Uh, 757,439. Yeah, that's it. Okay. (laughs) He did it. (laughs) All right. Now we're going to bring up the best duo that carried this whole thing. Give it up for Bradham. Let me just say, before we go any further, that this is the first time that Pastor Tim has ever ended a sermon early. And I want to celebrate that today. Come on, can we give it up for all the speakers today? Weren't they awesome? (laughs) Adam, why don't you tell us what's happening after service? Yeah, as soon as we leave, you saw all the arcade games. There's a ton of food. Please hang out, enjoy that. And then later on, of course, enjoy the Chiefs win Super Bowl 57. That's right. That's right. I do want to tell you that as you exit, if you came prepared to give, we very much appreciate it. If you're new here, the service is our gift to you. You can give on the way out. Also, growth track step two is at noon today. Now we're going to have Isaiah come on out and present the trophy to the winning team. Pastor Tim, Pastor Brandon, team done. Come on, stand up on your feet and give it up to the champions.
<laughs> I very much appreciate y'all coming today, man. Um, if you had nachos at 9 a.m., I'm praying for your stomach. Hallelujah. You guys have a very blessed afternoon. All right, we'll see y'all next week.